We begin today's shear four lines from the top of Daf Pevov. In our previous shiur, we encountered a machlokes tanoim, a Tanaic controversy, regarding Meiser Rishon. According to Rebbe Meir, Meiser Rishon is given strictly to Levium. According to Rebbe Elazar, we saw that he allows the giving of Meiser Rishon, that's a tithe that is practiced uh, every year of the sabbatical year of the sabbatical years that is years one through six of the seven year sabbatical cycle the seventh year of course being Shemitah we do not <coughs> tithe anything during the sabbatical year but during the first six years of the sabbatical cycle one tenth of one's produce is given to a levy Rebbe Meir says only to a levy Rebbe Lazar introduces the idea that it can be given even to a Kohen <coughs> so we are now on the fourth line from the top my time on Rebbe Meir why does he prohibit Meiser Rishon to non-Levium Omar Rav Acho Bre de Rova Mishmei de Gemara Rav Acho says in the name of a tradition that he has Rashi points out Mishmei de Gemara Kach Kibel Meirabo Verabo Meirabo Ad Rebbe Meir Shishoma Mishmo Velav Mindaite Kumaforsh the time of the Rebbe Meir Ravacha is not saying the following in his own name, on his own, but rather he's saying it based on a tradition that goes back to Rebbe Meir himself. The Pasuk says, Ki es masa Yisrael l'ashem truma. So in this Pasuk, you see Meiser referred to and Truma. Truma is the tithe given to Kohanim. Ma Truma asura lazarem, just like Truma is forbidden to non uh, uh, to non-Kohanim so to Maiserishon is forbidden to non-Levium question if you want to parallel the two then are you going to tell me that just like Truma carries with it a penalty of death at the hands of heaven if a non-Kohen eats it the Chomesh is a payment of one um, principal plus a fifth for someone who uh, who eats truma who shouldn't have eaten the truma. So too, are you going to say the same thing with Miser that there's death at the hands of heaven who's, for someone who deliberately uh, eats it uh, for an, a non-lady that deliberately eats it, and is there a compensation of principal plus a fifth for one who? Who eats it, or uh, just like we say by truma? Uh, obviously, we don't say that. Omar Kro. So, regarding truma, the pasuk says, "Umesu bo ki yechaluluhu v'yosav chamishisoi olav." We learn from this. There's a limitation expression by bo, uh, by the uh, through the word bo. Bo <coughs> means there is death in it in truma v'loba meiser. There's another limitation word in the pus, in the psukim we just read, olav. The need to add a fifth in its payment is on it for truma velo al meiser. So as far as uh, the limitation is concerned of giving the uh, meiser rishon only to a levi and not to a non-levi, that we learn from the parallel to truma in the pasuk cited above, Bamidbar Perik Yud Ches Pasuk Chavdalid. 
But as far as carrying the parallel between Meiser and Shuma all the way to include Misa and Chomesh, so that, you see, is excluded from the Psukim in Vayikra, Chofbeis, Psukim Tes and Yudalid. We continue. The Rabbonan, the Rabbonan who disagree with <coughs> Rebbe Meir, what do they learn from the Posuk in Bamidbar, Kias Masubin Israel? Ma Truma Toveles, Af Maiser Rishon Nami Tovel. Tovel, in this context, it means some uh, something that needs to be tithed that hasn't had those tithes removed from it, or very simply untithed produce. So just like truma causes tevel, that, it, that is, if you harvested your field and you haven't removed truma, the tithe given to kohanim from your produce, the produce is called tevel. And tevel is forbidden uh, to eat. It's forbidden to everybody to eat. In fact, one who eats tevel, he is punishable by Misa Bidei Shemayim, death at the hands of heaven. So are we to say, just like Truma creates Tevel, Meiser, that is the Rabbonin say, not, this isn't a question, but the Rabbonin say, that just like Truma creates Tevel, so too a Meiser Rishon that is left within the original produce that hasn't been tithed, that creates Tevel. Rashi adds that even though eating straight Maiserishon by a non-Levi uh, does not result in Misa, the uh, produce that hasn't had Maiserishon removed from it, in other words, Tevel uh, produce, Tevel, it is Tevel because of the Maiserishon that has not been removed, that will result in Misa Bidei Shemayim. So, the Rabbonin learn from Bamidbar Perak Yudches Pasuch of Dalid this very point. Uchidisanya. We have a Tanaic source that elaborates on this. Rabbi Yosi Oimer, Yochol lo yehei chayov elo al tevel shalohura mimenu koliker. Could it be that the prohibition of tevel and the punishment that it bears refers only to Tevel, from which nothing has been removed. Could that be? Huram mimenu truma gedoyla velo huram mimenu maiserishon. What about Tevel, from which truma gedoyla, that's the truma given to Kehanim, the main truma, in contrast to with the truma smeiser, which is removed from the maiserishon that a levi receives. Here we're talking about the basic truma. What about Tevel, produce from which the basic truma has been removed, but not Maiserishon, or Maiserishon Velo Maisersheni, or Maiserishon has been removed as well, but not the Maisersheni tithe. That's the tithe that one separates from his produce in the first, second, fourth, and fifth of the sabbatical years, and eats that in Jerusalem, the 10, 10% of his produce that he brings to Shalim during those years. That's called Maisersheni. So, what about produce from which Maiser Rishon has been removed, but not Maiser Sheni. Ve'afilu Oni. Or if you're in the third and sixth years of the sabbatical cycle, all the tithes that have been necessarily necessary to be removed have been, except for Maiser Oni. Minayan. From where do we know that even Maiser Oni generates Tevel? Untithed Maiser Oni contained within the rest of your produce. That produce is called Tevel. From where do we know that? Tamud Lomar lo sucha lechol bisharecha. 
Ulahalanu Omer, in one pasuk it says that you cannot eat it in your communities. That's a reference to uh, Meiser Shani. And, and elsewhere it says, Ulahalanu Omer, V'ochlu Bisharecha V'saveyu. Ma, and that pasuk is in the context of Meiser Oni, the tithe given to the poor. Ma Sharecha, Ha'omor Lahalon Meiser Oni, just like the Sharecha word used uh, there is a reference to Meiser uh, Oni, Af Sharecha Omor Kan, so to the Pasuk uh, in Dvorim Perek Yud Beis, uh, just uh, also refers to Meiser Oni. The Omar Rachmona Lo Suchal, and the Pasuk read Lo Suchal Lechol Bisharecha. So that the Tanaic source sees a reference to Meiser Oni as well. In Posuk in Dvorim Perek Yudbeis, Posuk Yudzayin. So now, that having been said, we see that Meiser Oni creates Tevel. V'i Mehasam. Had I had just the uh, posuk in Dvorim Perekud Beis, Have Amino Lilav, I would have thought that the Tevel that Meiser Oni creates results only in a negative command for one who eats it. Avo Misa Lo, but it wouldn't carry with it a Misa penalty. Komash Malon, therefore you need the posuk from Bamidbar. Perik Yud Ches, the pasuk that was originally cited as re- the basis for re- for Rabbi Meir, you, the Rabbona need that pasuk to tell me that something that is Tevel, even if it's only for Meiser Oni, it carries with it a penalty of Misa Bidei Shemayim, death at the hands of heaven for one who eats this untithed produce, where it's untithed only because mice, even Meiser Oni has not been removed from it. We look at the uh, uh, Rashi Dibur Hamaschel Ma Truma Toveles She calls Manshelo Hufrusha Chayovin Misa Alachilosu Shetevel Deha Misa Ksiv Bey Af Maisurishon Tovel Veafagav Debedidei Leko Misa Chayovin Misa Alatevel Shelo Hufrush Maisurishon Mimenu So Rashi is pointing out as we said earlier that uh, just like truma, as long as it has not been tithed, the produce that uh, contains the truma therein uh, is tevel and carries with it a misa bidei penalty. So to all these other tithes that need to be removed, as long as they haven't been removed, the uh, death penalty at the hands of heaven misa bidei is present. Lishna Achrina, another version of that which we've been saying till now, Maiserishon de Tovil, that Maiserishon creates Tevel. This is what we saw above, that, the, that which the Rabbonon had learned from Bamidbor Yudches. So there's another version of that point, and it is Midrabiosi Nafka. It is learned from Rabiosi. In other words, Instead of citing Bamidbor Yudches Posuch of Dalid as the source for Maiserishon being Tovel, creating Tevel, so according to this version, 
Maisu Rishon creates Tevel from the uh, from that which Rabbi Yossi just taught us in this Tanaic source, and not from Bamidbar Yudches. So the question then is, what do I need? What do the Rabbanon do with the pasuk in Bamidbar Yudches? Gemara answers, Imeahi. Had I had just Rabbi Yossi's teaching, Havamina Lelav, I would have thought that there is only a negative command. Avomisa lo, but there is no death at the hands of heaven. Komash Malon, that's why I need the posuk in Bamidbar Yudches to tell me that there's also Misa Bidei Shemayim. So that what basically this Lishnachrino, this second version, is would appear to be very similar in what we saw in the first version, just that the wording is presented slightly differently. Bimai Ukimta, our Mishnah that prohibits Meiser Rishon to a non-Levi. How have we set it up? Kerebi Meir. We have set it up according to Rebbe Meir. Well, Seifa, Amos Seifa, then state the continuation of the Mishnah. And let's see how things work out now. It said in the Mishnah, Bas Levi, Mureses L'Kayhen, Ubas Kayhen L'Levi, Lo Toicha Lo Betshuma V'Lo a Bas Levi who is betrothed by a Kohen, or the daughter of a Kohen who is betrothed by a Levi. In these cases, none of the tithes can be eaten by this woman, not Shuma nor Miser. Well, Hocha, my Zoros Ika, what element of Zoros is there over here? The term Zar is generally speaking associated with someone who is a Yisrael. Israel is a non-Kohen or a non-Levi. But here you have a you have Kahuna and Levi on both sides of the equation. The daughter of a Levi being betrothed by a Kohen. And we know that from a Torah perspective, from the Torah level of Halacha, uh, once a Kohen betroths a woman, he entitles her to eat from Truma. And vice versa, if a Bas Kohen is betrothed to a Levi, she should be allowed to eat uh, miser, and, and as far as Truma is concerned, that she has coming to her as the result of her being the daughter of a Kohen. So that either way, there should be a, a per, there should be permission for these women to eat from uh, Truma and miser, respectively. What element of Zorus is there over here? That we said before, that our Mishnah uh, 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 is set up according to Rebbe Meir that says a czar cannot eat from Meiser Rishon. Where does the element of Zoros come in over here when you're dealing with a Bas Levi who's Muresis to a Kohen and she cannot eat from Meiser? Omar Rav Sheshis. You'll notice we have triangles highlighting a couple, two names. And on the side of the Gemara under the Mivne heading, these triangles represent Shnei Gishos, two approaches, Lahasbir, Hadikotani Mishnah, Eino Ocheles. The Mishnah says that she cannot eat from Laor Mashikotani Besefa, Baslevi, Muresis Lukain, where we saw the Mishnah says that a, a Bas Levi, that's Muresis Kain, she's also Lotochal. And if up till now we've been thinking Eino Ocheles means literally, because. Uh, the woman was a was a non levi so she cannot eat from the uh, she cannot eat from the Maiserishon. 
even if she happens to be betrothed to a lady. So we read Omar Rav Sheshes Mai Eino Ocheles Dikotani. What does Eino uh, Ocheles, as it appears in the Mishnah, regarding the whole Mishnah, uh, and its and its reference to Lo Ocheles Bemaisa, where you see the Mishnah saying Lo Ocheles Bemaisa? What does Eino Ocheles mean? Eino Noisenes Rishus Litrom. It means she doesn't have the authority to instruct an agent to do the tithing. The uh, Rashi that we want to look at together, just a couple lines up from here in the Rashi, She doesn't have the authority to give uh, instructions, to issue instructions to an agent to tithe the Meiser uh, Rishon tithe of her Oros, of the one that betrothed her. Ulaharim Mimenu Trumas Meiser and to then tithe, <coughs> to have, uh, we're talking once again about a Bas Yisrael that was, uh, his Arsa that became betrothed by a man who's a Levi. We mentioned very quickly in passing earlier that a Levi who receives Truma, a Levi receives Meiser Rishon is expected <coughs> to tithe the Meiser Rishon uh, by removing 10% of it and giving it to a Kohen. So, this point of the Bas Yisrael that's Mureses to a Levi, Eino Echeles means that the uh, woman betrothed to the, uh, to the Levi cannot tell an agent to remove from the Oruses Maiser uh, Rishon the necessary Trumas Maiser Tithe. And Rashi continues with a very important expression, That would be tantamount to having tithes removed from an owner's produce without his knowledge. And that is ineffective. The Gemara continues, So can we infer then from the Mishnah that if she would have consummated her marriage with the Levi, this Bas Yisrael, then she would she would be authorized to instruct an agent to do the tithing. Then one says, "In that is correct. That if she were Nisua, she were fully married, had consummated her marriage with the husband, she could authorize an agent to do the tithing." Vehatanya, as we see in the following source that deals with the Maestris tithe. That's the Posuk. He lined Al Nisua Bas Yisrael Shenisenis Rishus Litrom. This Posuk teaches us that uh, the wife is compared to her husband in so in, in with with regard to giving uh, authority to an agent to do the tithing. Ata Oimer Rishus Litrom Oeno Elo and reading this pasuk, are you saying that it means giving uh, authority to an agent to tithe, or maybe all the pasuk saying that is referring to your own eating, to the woman's own eating of it? So the Gemara answers: Amris Truma Chamura Ocheles, a a woman, a non kohen who is married to a kohen, she is able to eat truma, which is a more uh, severe. A, uh, 
uh, more um, ca- carries with, let's say, a greater penalty for a non-authorized uh, person to eat it and does eat it. So truma, which is more chamur, she, the woman married to the Kohen, is allowed to eat it. Meiser hakalo kolshikane. Meiser rishon, which is a more relaxed area of halacha. A woman who's married to a levy, all the more so, she herself would be allowed to eat from it. I don't need the Pusik to tell me that a woman married to a levy is allowed to eat from Maestris. Ella, so what is the role of this Pusik? Limate, it teaches me on the Suabas Israel that a woman who is a Bas Israel but she's married to a levy, Shinesinis Rishus Litron, that she gives a, she has a, a, a right uh, authority to authorize a an agent to do the tithing, to remove the trumas meiser tithe from her husband's meiser rishon. So up till now, uh, that we've explained or re-explained the term eina ocheles as having to do with a uh, the right or lack thereof of a of a woman of a of a wife to instruct an agent to tithe her husband's produce. If the woman has, re- has reached only the Erusin stage of their marital relationship, so she's not authorized to have an agent tithe her husband's uh, produce. However, if she has consummated her marriage, so then she is allowed to authorize an agent to do so. More Bray de Ravna Omar uh, we have a uh, a point in, in the Rashi that says that as far as the ratio of the Mishnah is concerned, so Morbre Duravna agrees with Rav Sheshis that Eino Ocheles, in the case of a Bas Yisrael, that's the Shinis Arsa, Lelevi, she does not have the right to authorize an agent <clears throat> to tithe her Oruses, the betrothed ones, Meiser Rishon. Have uh, to have an agent remove the trumas meiser from her, the oruses meiser rishon. That is a, a point that Marbrav Ravna agrees with Rav Sheshis. What Marbrav de Ravna is addressing is the seifa uh, that we saw quoted just above the framed section, two lines above uh, where Rav Sheshis appeared in the triangle. So Marbrav de Ravna Omar Lomar. The Seifa that spoke about a Bas Levi Muresis Lekoyen or a Bas to a Levi, and it said there, Lotochalo Betrumavalo Bamaiser, it is telling us, Lomar Shein Cholkin Law Meiser Beves Hagronis. A base Hagronis is the granary, that's the, that's the site at which the tithes were distributed to those who were assigned to receive it, who were destined to receive it. So the Seifa that spoke about uh, Maestris, it said that that's referring to the woman receiving Maestr at the granary uh, without her husband alongside her over there. So let's read that line again. Lomar she'en cholkin law, she is Cholk uh, has to do with distribute, dis, distributed to her, so that the tithe is not distributed to her or uh, <clears throat> doled out to her uh, in the granary. Well, we have to explain this a little further. There are two explanations why we say 
that a uh, that a woman is not to receive the tithe at the granary. According to the approach that doesn't want women going to the granary as a uh, is, is a result of this the hashash, the worry, the suspicion that she might be there alone. So therefore we say that we don't give the tithe to a woman at the granary. She might appear on her own, but she'll be alone in isolation with another man, uh, the owner of the granary who's distributing the tithes, and we don't want that to happen. But according to the opinion that says that we don't want women receiving tithes because of the possibility of divorce. Now, what do we mean when we say possibility of divorce? Well, that means that uh, a woman may, di- may be divorced from her husband, and let us say a woman that's a non-Kohen woman, that's married to a Kohen, so when she's married, she's, so she's entitled to receive a truma, but when she's divorced, she's not entitled to receive truma anymore. So what we're worried about is <clears throat> the woman might be divorced, a non, uh, say a Bas Yisrael might be divorced from her husband, and at that point she becomes a Zorah, and, and uh, people don't know that. And uh, people will end up giving uh, the, their tithes to her, and she's now a Zorah because she's been divorced. So there's an approach that says women shouldn't be in the position where they are receiving the distribution of tithes from the granary. So as not to create an impression in the minds of the public that this is a woman who is, uh, 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 who is acceptable, who is qualified to receive tithes. Now, the, so that explanation of Grusha, that is uh, uh, a limited explanation in the eyes of the Gemara in its question now. Grusha, we're going to read the parentheses section, Grusha Bas Levi, Milo the Mishnah had spoken about other cases as well, including the case of a daughter of a Levi who was uh, betrothed to a Kohen or whatever, but when you're dealing with a Bas Levi, we saw it, the Mishnah saying, Eina Ocheles, uh, when we saw the Bas Levi, whose Muresis to Kohen doesn't get uh, if she's a Bas Levi, if she's the daughter of a Levi, even if she's divorced, wouldn't she be able to eat from Miser? And as a result, what reason is there for her not to receive Miser in the granary? Well, according to you, that's bothered by the case of the Bas Levi, Grusha Bas Kohen Milo Ochla Batruma. Doesn't a Grusha, a Bas Kohen, a daughter of a Kohen who happens to be divorced, doesn't she still continue eating Truma from her father's house? She certainly does. So then why is it that Ain Cholkin law, why is it that she doesn't receive at the, at the granary site, at the tithes? Elokzeira Mishum Grusha Bas Yisrael. The reason we don't give the uh, Bas Kohen nor the Bas Levi uh, the Truma and Meiser tithes is a rabbinic restriction in, in anticipation of a Bas Yisrael who is a divorcee. 
If the reason is because of divorce, my iria mureses. Why does the Mishnah feature the case of the woman who is mureses? Even if she was fully married to her husband, uh, and as a married woman she has all rights in eating it, even if she's nesua, we shouldn't be giving her at the granary site, because in the event that she is divorced, the Basisra would lose the rights to eating. So why does the Mishnah focus on the case of Mu'reses? The Gemara answers, Aidi detona reisha Mu'reses, in since the beginning of the Mishnah that spoke about actual eating, there, uh, Mu'reses is limited. So, Tona Nami Seifa Mu'reses. Therefore, in the Seifa, the term Mu'reses is also used. Even though, in the Seifa, the Nesua also would be one who would not receive the tithes that are, di- that are distributed at the granary site. Let us look at the Rashi. You'll see three lines from the bottom. Aidi Detona Reisha Mu'reses. Legabi Achilo Mamish. Regarding actual eating, the Hasam Dachmresis, there we are in fact limiting the Mishnah's teaching to Mureses, the Gabi Baskain Lisrael, Ulalevi, Linyan Truma, Ubaslevi, Lisrael, Linyan Meiser, Ashmina de Posulo Erusin. There the Mishnah has an agenda to teach me about a Bas Kohen who is Mureses to Israel, or a, 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 a Bas Kohen who is Mureses to a Levi that she does not eat truma. And there, the Mishnah has to tell me about the case of Mereses. The case of Nesua, to a, of a Bas Koin Nesua to a non-Koin, that's obvious. Likewise, the case of a Bas Levi, who is Mereses to Yisrael, that she doesn't eat Meiser. That, uh, that has to be taught in Erusin terms, because that's where you have a Chiddush. The Gabi Bas Yisrael Lekain, Ulelevi, Ubas Levi Lekain Ashminon, the low Mochli law. And likewise, a Bas Yisrael that is Mureses to a Kain or to a Levi or a Bas Levi that's Mureses to a Kain, the Mishnah has to teach me that the Erusin does not enable her to eat from the tithes. So in the Reisha, the Mishnah wanted to focus on Erusin because it was telling me Chidushim, novel points. Tona nami seifa. Therefore, in the seifa examples, it used the term mu'reses as well, even though there it wasn't limited to mu'reses. The restriction of dividing out the ties at the granary is, in fact, not limited to erison, but it applies equally to a nisua. And as we explained in anticipation, all of that is a gzera, a limitation in anticipation of the situation where the bas yisrael, who is uh, married to a Levi or to a Kohen would be divorced. Tonu Rabbonon Truma Lekain Umaisirishon Levi Divrei Rabbi Akiva Truma is given to a Kohen Maisirishon is given to a Levi that is what Rabbi Akiva says. The opening of this source uh, is quite reminiscent of that which we saw at the top line as well of this Omid. Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah Omer Lekohen. So Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah comes to differ with Rabbi Kiva, 
And he would in fact, in effect be telling us that Maiserishon is a tithe given to a Kohen. The Gemara asks with a tone of wonderment, it's given to a coin and not to a levy. The uh, Maiserishon, when you open up the Torah, you see that Maiserishon is a tithe that's given to Levim. So where does Rebbe Lozab and Azariah come off saying that it's, given, that it's not given to Levim, it's given to Kaihanim? The Gemara answers, What Rebbe Lozab and Azariah is telling us, telling us is that it can be given even to a Kohen. My Taimo the Rebbe Akiva. Why does Rabbi Kiva say what he does? Uh, he, Rabbi Kiva is telling us that it's given only to Leviim. Dichtiv, the Pesach says, in the case of Maestris, it says, V'el ha-Leviim t'daber v'omar t'olem v'leviim komeshtoi krop. The Pesach is speaking in the context of Maestris to the Leviim, meaning that unto the Leviim, uh, or I should say this Pesach is speaking about the Levim the Levim are the ones to receive Maiserishon the Edoch Rebbe Lozav and Azar, how does he grapple with the Pesach the Pesach is talking about Maiseris to Levim uh, how does he come in saying that the that, that Kehanim uh, are part of the Pesach so the answer to that is Kribi Yeshua ben Levi. In order to understand Rebbe Lozav and Azariah, we will we'll accept Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi's understanding of the verses. Do you remember Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi? In 24 different places in the scriptures, Kehanim are referred to by the term Levi. And here in Yechezkel, Perak Memdalad, you have an example of that, where the Pasuk is talking about the, uh, the descendants of Tzadok. Tzadok was a Kehan. And it says, The Kehanim that were Leviim. So we see that the term Levi is used to ref- is, as a reference to Kehanim as well. So when the Pesach said on the second line from the top, that term is not exclusive of Kehanim. The Rebbe Akiva, what's his response to that? Uh, after all, Rebbe Akiva was of the opinion that uh, Meiser Rishon is not uh, di- uh, distributed to Kehanim. So he says, Here in the Pesach of Devora uh, of Bamidbar, Perak Yudches, you cannot say that Kehanim are also referred to, Dichtiv, because it says, The Pesach there in Bamidbar, Perak Yudches, is speaking about a tithe that you can eat wherever you want. So, and that means not just the, the tithe, but it's referring to the person eating the tithe. That you can eat it wherever you want. A coin is excluded because a coin cannot enter a cemetery. So that Bamidbar Yudches is not talking about Kehanim. The Idach, Rabbi ben Azariah, he explains the expression. Bechol Mokim in Bamidbar Yudches, Vachatem Oisei Bechol Mokim as follows. Kolhecha Deboi. The word Bechol Mokim means wherever you want, means the Loboi Choma. The Ochilei Betumas Haguf Lo Loki. Let us say that according to Rabbi ben Azariah, the focus is not so much on the person as Rabbi Kiva was taking the Pesach but the focus is on the item the item namely Maiserishon is a type of 
food, a type of tithe that doesn't need a wall. Let's say in contrast to Meister Shemi, which needs to be brought into the walls of Jerusalem. And likewise, the uh, Meister Rishon doesn't require purity as Truma and Meister Shemi require. And hence, the Gemara is saying, or Belozim Nazariah is telling you, if you eat it, Betumas Aguf, if you eat it when you, when the person himself is ritually impure, Loloki is not subject to Malchus. So as far as Rebeloza ben Azar is concerned, the focus once again is on the, the tithe itself, the Maiserisha, not the person per se. And hence, the Achaltem Oisoi Bechomoko means you can eat it without a wall restriction and without a, 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 a pur- purity limitation. Hahi Ginsa, there was a garden, the Havishokil Rebelozer ben Azariah Maiserishon Minah, from which Rebelozer ben Azariah, who himself was a Kohen, he was actually a descendant, the tenth generation from Ezra Hasofer, Ezra, who was also a Kohen. He, this Rebelozer ben Azariah, was taking Maiserishon uh, uh, from this particular garden, garden, a vegetable garden. Also, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva came. Ahadre Lepischa Lebei Kavri. He repositioned the entrance to the garden so that the only uh, exit point, entrance exit point, would be the only opening to the garden would be through a cemetery. So you see that Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Akiva had something in mind uh, here as far as limiting Rabbi Loza ben Azariah from going into that garden and taking Maestras. Omar, so Rebbe Lozer ben Azariah uh, reacted and said, Akiva betarmilo v'ano chai. The word tarmilo is a word referring to uh, what we would call a uh, a backpack. It's a leather case that shepherds <coughs> Uh, used to uh, use for uh, holding their their food and it would hang around their necks maybe in that sense slightly different than a backpack but it was a sack <clears throat> all the same and uh, Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah was, was uh, reacting as we said to what Rabbi Akiva did the Marsha uh, adds here an explanation that Rabbi Akiva intended to uh, take these maestras on behalf of the poor. The poor are hinted to by this expression tarmilo, and Rabbi Akiva was didn't want uh, uh, Rabbi Lozim Nazariah taking the the uh, tithe, but rather he wanted to take it on behalf of the poor and distribute it to them. Uh, but Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah knew th- through his tradition that the uh, <coughs> Kayhanim also have a right to uh, receive the Meiser tithe. The uh, full explanation of the Marshal is more easily understood by seeing the continuation of this Gemara, and hence we'll move on in the Gemara. Now Rashi points out that this statement is not a direct flow of what was said up till this point, 
but it's working with a certain assumption that we know that the Levium were fined and that they no longer receive Maestris. And it's in this light that the Marshal made his comment regarding Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva wanted to take the <clears throat> Maestris on behalf of the poor and distribute to them. And this was in the, uh, on the backdrop of that which we just said that the Levium, at a certain point in history, had lost their uh, exclusive claim on Maestris. So here the Gemara is going to analyze that. Uh, and you can see here we have uh, we'll see there are a couple of approaches taken in the Gemara which we've uh, indicated with the numbering on the side so the question right now is why is it that the Levium were we'll say uh, uh, the victims of or the we'll say the, the, the object of a fine depriving them of receiving the Miser Rishon Tithe Pligi Rabbi Yonis and Vesavia. There are two approaches, or two opinions. Chad Omar, Shilo Olu, Bimei Ezra. The Levitim, as a group, did not return to the land of Israel in the time of Ezra. This was at the conclusion of the 70-year exile to Bovel, where the Persian monarchy gave permission to the Jews in exile to return to the to uh, Eretz Yisrael and rebuild the base of Migdash, the Levium remained behind. And as a result of that, a knas was imposed on them, that they are no longer to receive the uh, the Meiser tithe. The Chalomar, another uh, approach to explain how, why the uh, Levium were fined, Kedei, Shiyismechu Kehanim Olav Bimei Tumasan. Well, here we'll just translate. <coughs> in order for the Kohanim to have something to eat when they are in a state of ritual impurity. When a Kohen is tummy, so he can't eat truma, his source of food will be maestris. So they'll receive the maestris on tithe in order to have a food supply when they are tummy. The first approach makes sense since they didn't come back to the land of Israel. Uh, I might add, I, uh, m- might add uh, parenthetically that it, it's in the land of Israel that tithing is practiced. Well, they, the Levium showed disinterest in the land of Israel, so they lost out on receiving the tithe. That makes sense. Mishum hachi kansinu. Because of that, they were fined. But according to that reason that the kohanim should have a food supply when they are ritually impure. Does that make sense because of our interest in the Kohanim having a, a food supply? The Levium have to lose out? Everyone agrees that the Levium's uh, lack of and or say um, stopping of receiving the Maeserish on tithe is a function of this knas, of this fine. They didn't come back to Israel in the time of Ezra. So then what is the machlokes between Rabbi Yonison and Savia referring to? The following is the basis of their argument. One says that the knas 
the fine, in other words, the loss of Levium, in a sense, is the gain of the poor. And this, by the way, is what the Marshal was referring to before, when Rabbi Akiva had moved into that uh, to the garden story and, and, and change the entrance because Rabbi Kiva was of the opinion that the knas is the, benef- the benefit of the aniyam. They are to benefit from it. And Umar Savar, the other opinion that we had uh, uh, seen, we had underlined two Chad Omar several lines up, the other opinion holds Kehanim, when they are in a state of ritual impurity, Kehanim be made to Mosun, aniyam ninu, they are like poor. So that in in a, in a sense, there's agreement that the the Levium lose, as we said, because of the their non-return in the time of Ezra. Who is the benefit of that? The poor. The question is, how do you define the poor? Bishlomo, and again, we're going to read the parentheses section. Bishlomo, according to the approach that says that the Knas is to go to the uh, truly impoverished, that explains Rabbi Kiva's changing of the entrance to that particular garden, keeping Rabbi Loza ben Azariah out of there. But according to the Amora that says that the Kohanim are also entitled uh, to receive the Maiserishon, because when they are, when the Kohanim are Tomei, they're viewed as impoverished. Amai Ahadre Lepischo Lebekavri. Why did what motivated Rebbe Akiva to change the entrance to the garden? Would, uh, why would Rebbe Akiva have, have moved the entrance if the knas uh, is to go to Kohanim as well? The Gemara answers. Hochi Ka'omar Lei. The following is what Rebbe Akiva was really trying to communicate to Rebbe Ben Azariah. If you are coming to take the Maestris in the uh, in the context of a fine, a fine that namely that Levium should be receiving it, but we restrict them because they because they didn't come back to the land of Israel and the rights to the Maestr Rishon was thereby redirected to uh, to the poor. And according to this Madomer, of course, the poor include Kehanim when they are Tomei. So if that's why you are going to that garden to collect the Maestris, fine. However, the Ka'asis Betoras Chaluka Les Loch. But if you're going to the garden in order to receive the Maestr Rishon because it's something by that is to be distributed at the outset to Kohanim, then you have no basis for taking the Meiser Rishon. So that's what, what Rabbi Akiva was trying to communicate to Rabbi Loza ben Azariah. Not that you have no rights to this whatsoever, but it depends. If you're coming to collect it on the basis of Knas, fine. But if you're coming to collect it on the basis of Chalukah, uh, distribution by letter of the law that no from where do we know that the Levium did not uh, ascend to Eretz Yisrael in the time of Ezra the Pesach says um, this is a Pesach that Ezra is in, in which Ezra is the speaker 
And I gathered the returnees to this uh, river site, and we camped there for three days. And I, Avino, uh, from the word Lahavin, is to understand as I. I looked into, I researched the population in front of me. Who they, who were they? And I didn't find any Levium there. So we see that the Levium did not come back with the returnees at the time of Ezra. Since we mentioned uh, Levium, so we make a, a further reference to them. Originally, Shotrim, Shotrim, uh, we translate, uh, generally speaking, uh, as police. Uh, those that are charged with overseeing the population as following the law. So, we didn't establish Shotrim other than through the, other than people who were from Levi. Shnemar, Vishotrim, Halavim, Lifnechem. As that posse would indicate. Levium is associated, Shotrim are associated with Levium. But nowadays, the Shotrim are, are, are chosen from amongst the Yisrael, the, the larger community. And we look in Rashi, the word Rabbim means the masses, so that the Posik is referring to the multitudes, and the Yisrael the constitutes the multitudes. In contrast to Levium, which was a much smaller population. In this uh, Mishnah, we have a couple of diamonds, and on the side of the Gemara, uh, we would want to note the uh, under the Nosei topic heading uh, what we're going to see. So the diamonds, which are accompanied by Roman numerals one and two, uh, open up with sections dealing with a Bas Yisrael and later a Bas Kohen. Ma dinam bachilas truma ekev nisuehem lekayin levi v'Yisrael. What is the uh, law that applies? What rights or lack thereof does a bas Yisrael or a bas kohen who is who marries a kohen and then afterwards a levi and then afterwards a Yisrael and they have veledas yiladim and then they and they bear children? What effects do these things have on these different kinds of women? You'll see that a, a trapezoid form is used to highlight the expression of niseis le, uh, either niseis to a kohen, niseis to a levi, or to a Yisrael. Niseis means married, where she consummates her marriage with one of these different kinds of men, respectively. So the Mishnah begins, Bas Yisrael, she niseis le kohen, a Bas Yisrael, comes from a non-Kohen household. She, if she marries a Kohen, she consummates her marriage with a Kohen, she's entitled to eat from Truma. Mace, Velohi Menoben, Tochal Truma. If the husband dies, but she has a child from him, so she has a son that's a Kohen, that enables her to continue eating Truma. Afterwards, Niseis Lelevi, then afterwards she, uh, she marries, or uh, 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 she remarries a Levi. After she had born a child to the Kohen. So she has a child from a Kohen. She marries a, sec- a new husband, a Levi. Toichal b'maiser. She eats uh, maiser, and we add, not truma. 
because by marrying the Levi, she loses the uh, the kahuna uh, status that she had as a result of her child. She becomes now a Zora. So she can, but she is entitled to eat from Meiser. Mace, she the husband dies, the Levi dies, Ben, and she has a son from the Levi, Tochal Bemeiser. She is allowed to eat from Meiser, the Meiser Rishantai, because of her son. Uh, and that, that very son also uh, uh, disqualifies her from Truma. And that's based on a Pusuk that you can see quoted in Rashi. So she eats from Meiser, but not from Truma. Nisais the Yisrael, this very same woman, now marries a Yisrael. Lo toichal, lo betruma velo She is excluded from Truma and Meiser. Meis, velo himenu ben, if the husband Yisrael dies and she has a son from Yisrael, lo toichal, lo betruma velo That Yisrael son uh, prevents her from eating the other tithes that she had eaten in the past, even though she has children from those previous husbands. Meis b'no Yisrael toichal v'meiser. If the, the uh, son from the Yisrael dies, so then the that that will say the the uh, disqualification that was experienced because of that particular child is removed. So she goes back to the stage before where she was eating meisres. Mace b'no mi levi. The son that she had from a levi now he dies. Tochal betruma. She's entitled to. She, what, what, how do we describe this lady? This is a lady. She has husbands, and the children that she had from Israel and levi are gone. But she does have a, a son from the kohen. So that child enables her to eat from truma. Mace b'no mi kohen. When the child from the kohen dies. And, and again, we opened up this section by focusing on a Bas Yisrael. So, lo tocha, lo betruma, filoba meiser. She has no rights to eat from truma nor from meiser. She's, a, she's simply a Bas Yisrael, not married, and has no children. Now, the second section of the Mishnah, which we see at the top of the Pei Zayin Aleph, Bas Kohen Shenises Yisrael. As the daughter of a Kohen, so she was entitled to eat Truma from her father's house, but now she marries a non-Kohen, she marries Yisrael, so Loto Chalba Truma. She stops eating Truma from her father's house. Meis, Velohi Menu Ben, Loto Chalba Truma. The husband dies, but she does have a son from that Yisrael. She cannot go back to her father's house for Truma eating. She's still uh, prevented from Truma. Niseis the Levi, Upon her marriage, the Bas Kohen's marriage to a Levi, she's entitled to eat Meiser. Meis Velohi Meno Ben. If the Levi dies and she has a son from the Levi, Tochaba Meiser. That son enables her, the Bas Kohen, to eat from Meiser. Niseis Lekayin Tochaba Truma. Upon her marriage to a Kohen, that enables her, through her husband, to eat from Truma. Meis Velohi Meno Ben. Tochaba Truma. With, if the Kohen husband dies, but she has a son from the Kohen, that Kohen child enables the mother to eat from Truma. And now, that's enabling her to eat from Truma, uh, we'll say overruling the fact that she has children from a Levi and a Yisrael. If the Kohen child dies, even though we're dealing with a Bas Kohen, but nevertheless you have a Bas Kohen that has children from non-Kohenim, so she cannot eat from Truma. 
Meis benami levi, lo tochal b'meiser. If the levi son dies, she, the Baskoi, cannot eat from meiser either. Meis benami Israel. If the child that she had from the Israel dies, so now we have, what do we, what do we describe here? We have a Baskoin that has no children. Chazeres lebeisovia. She goes back to her husband's house, to her father's house, that is, and eats truma once again. The Alzenemar regarding this, the Pesach says, Vishova el Beisovia, Kinurel, Milechem, Ovia, Tochel. She goes back to her father's house as she was when she was a youth and, can, and re, uh, let's say restarts eating Truma.